I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me through the wilderness and woods to where the winds are blowing free through the darkness of the night heading toward the morning light I wonder if you'd wander with me Hi y'all, Dan here. Welcome to another episode of Wandering Monk Hikes Podcast. I have struggled this week trying to think of a topic worth sharing. I'm not sure why this has been so hard. Perhaps it's because I just got home from another hike. I was on Isle Royal for a six-day backpacking trip across the island. It was amazing. Still, when I get home from a long hike, there are so many things to do. Catch up on all the household tasks that have been waiting for me. Clean all my gear and myself from the sweat and grime of the trail. Recover from the pains and stiffness caused by hiking 10 hours each day with a 25-pound backpack and sleeping on the ground at night. And edit all the video clips from the trip into some sort of a story that attempts to entertain and share the beauties of the trail on my YouTube channel, Wandering Monk. If you haven't watched any of these videos, please look for me on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. It's free to you, and it really helps me a lot. The backpacking trip certainly took a lot of energy out of me this time. But I don't think that's the whole reason for my brain freeze around this podcast. I toyed with a lot of ideas. I could share discoveries from one of my recent hikes. Should I talk about the geological history of the Flint Hills in Kansas? Perhaps I could describe some of the trail towns that I visited along that 94-mile stretch from Osawatomie to Council Grove. Should I talk about the Elroy to Sparta Trail in Wisconsin? It's another rails-to-trail journey that includes three old train tunnels that are both eerie and fascinating. I could share something of my latest adventure on Isle Royal. This remote island requires a six-hour ferry ride into the depths of Lake Superior to access it. There are more moose than people on the island, and the wolves are the only apex predators living there to cull the moose population. I saw 12 wolves swimming across one of the interior lakes on the island. Were they scouting for a new hunting ground? I hiked about 54 miles from end to end and spent five full days soaking in the beauty. Isle Royal is the least visited national park in the lower 48, but the rangers are fond of saying that it is the most revisited national park. I don't know, but it is certainly a place that I want to see again. I mulled over these topics, but nothing stuck. Nothing stood out as a lasting interest that you might enjoy. One thing that I'm learning about podcasts is that it feels like a one-way conversation even if I share an interview with someone else on the show, I get no feedback from the most important participant in this discussion. You, the listener. I feel like I'm punching in the dark and hope to share something that you enjoy, find valuable, and are glad that you spent the time listening to my babbling. Otherwise, this is an exercise in vanity, and vanity is something that I detest in myself and I don't want to practice, especially in front of you. So what is something to share? Well, it came to me this morning. I guess the seed was planted last night when my wife and I were talking. She asked a simple question. 
It's a question she's asked several times in several ways. However, last night, the simplicity of her question made its way through my thick head and resonated. This morning, we were out for a short walk on a nearby trail around a huge lake called Big Hill. It's a recreational project created by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And as we walked, her question distilled in my mind, and I thought, yes, this is the topic for this week. Like I said, the question is simple. She asked, what makes a hiker? I think she actually asked what makes me want to hike, but I like what makes a hiker better. What makes a hiker? Is it background? Body type? Gender? Experience? Or is it something else? When I think of my own background, I was raised in the country. My earliest memories are walking in the woods with my father and brothers. Until I was five years old, we lived in an old house that got its water from a creek that was about a mile away. And there was a contraption that we called the cistern. It used water flowing along the creek to create sort of a siphoning action and pumped the water from the creek to the house. There was no water treatment, no additives except what nature added itself, and no filters. We got what we got. Sometimes mom would shout at dad when a crawfish would get sucked through the pipes and plop out of the faucet into the kitchen sink. This was country living in the sticks of Alabama. This living made the woods feel like an extension of our home, sort of like a huge recreation room. We continued to live in the woods as we grew older. We hunted, fished, explored, and found solitude in those woods. The Army introduced me to a different way of walking in the woods. It certainly was not as pleasant or serene, but I learned important skills of survival. I learned to use a compass, read a map, maneuver through unfamiliar places. Those skills continue to prove useful today. Now I have returned to the serenity of the trails. Earl Schaefer had a similar background. The first person to through-hike the Appalachian Trail was an introverted man. Maurice Forrester described him as a loner, a poet, and a singer. And Forrester goes on to say, but he, Schaefer, is also part of the song. I believe that brief, profound statement is the key to the overall answer to my wife's question, what makes a hiker? Earl Schaefer had returned home from the emotional wounds of combat during World War II. He sought a place to heal. He discovered it on the trail. Forrester concludes, some people are just destined to be wanderers. Earl Schaefer was one of those. You can read more in Earl Schaefer's wonderful book, Walking with Spring. If you're considering hiking the Appalachian Trail, you really need to read it. If you found yourself on the AT, you need to read it too. So does background make a hiker? Well, I've met hikers from the boroughs of New York City to the swamps of Louisiana, city dwellers and country folk, all successful backpackers, all wonderful people, their backgrounds as varied as their faith, race, or ethnicities, so varied that the only thing held in common was their passion to hike. Some call that passion wanderlust. 
an uncommon drive to explore, to see, to experience the beauties of nature. I don't think background is the key to what makes a hiker. What about body type? I recall my 10th grade year of high school. Our little school had a fledgling football program. I'm talking American football for my UK and European friends. Football is a contact sport. My friends played on our high school team. I wanted to be included, so I tried out for the team and made it. That really isn't saying much. We needed anyone willing to be yelled at by Coach Roden. So if you endured, you were in. I weighed 110 pounds soaking wet. Coach made me a halfback, probably because half of me was just my backside. I still recall my first and last game. My friend was the quarterback. He called a play for me to get the ball, run behind the big kid who was my blocker, and score the winning touchdown. That was the call. When he handed me the ball, I put my head down to run behind my big blocker. The problem started when my big blocker met up with a much bigger defender from the other team. And that monster batted my blocker to one side. He hit me in the chest and straightened me up from my crouched running position. And Just then, a second defender, as big as the first, hit me straight in the chest and drove me into the ground. All I saw were stars and blood showering in the air before my face. Somehow I managed to hold on to the ball, but that was the only saving grace of my short but stellar football career. I crawled off the field and swore never to do that again. I did not have the body type for this kind of contact sport. I've seen all kinds of body types on the trail. Thin and large, tall and short, muscular and frail. I've seen each body type be defeated by the trail and crawl away, never to return. I've also seen each body type complete remarkable feats, climbing tall peaks, descending into deep gaps, fording rushing water crossings, and trudging over arid plains. I don't think body type makes a hiker. Gender? Well, that's just silly. Men and women hike all the time. My heroes include Earl Schaefer and Nimblewill Nomad, Grandma Gatewood, and Dixie from Homemade Wonderlust. Men and women have been hiking trails for as long as there have been trails. Over the past several years, it appears more women are taking to the trail, and I like to see that. In my last trek, my hiking buddy was a young woman, fellow soldier, and then Army veterinarian. She's a major and an awesome hiker. No, gender does not make a hiker. What about experience? Well, experience certainly makes someone a better hiker. Meredith Eberhardt is known to his friends as Sonny and to the hiking community as Nimblewill Nomad. I hope that I've earned the privilege to know him by any of those names. He may be the most experienced hiker living today. Sonny has logged more than 30,000 miles on trails all over North America. He's a triple crowner, plus, plus. Not only has he hiked the Pacific Crest, the Continental Divide, and the Appalachian Trails, he hiked all of the trails of westward expansion, 
as well as the trails circumferencing the United States. He hiked from Key West, Florida to Newfoundland, Canada twice and is the oldest person to hike the Appalachian Trail, completing it for a third time in 2021 at the age of 83. Sonny doesn't think hiker is a title earned by experience. When the newest, youngest person steps on the trail and catches the fever to continue to explore, then that person is a hiker. No, experience isn't key to making one a hiker. It must be something else. Perhaps you have an opinion, and I'd love to hear it. Now You could comment on my latest video or send me an email through my website, wanderingmonkhikes.com, or email me directly at dan at wanderingmonkhikes.com. A two-way communication would be nice. Let me tell you what I think makes a hiker. I think it goes back to what Forrester wrote about Schaefer. But he is also part of the song. What a poetic description. Deep down in our soul, there's a yearning, a desire to see what we haven't seen. The old German word, Fernway, sums it up. It means to be homesick for that place where you've never been. There's an imprint in the soul, a coordinates implanted in the heart that yearns to be satisfied, that craves to be fulfilled. We roam paths and trails, immersed in nature, witnessing creation, realizing that creation includes us and desiring to be with the creator of it all. It's beautiful, awkward, scary, and exhilarating, all at the same time. When we taste even a drop of it, we're transformed into hikers. At least, that's my opinion. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Wandering Monk. You can find me on Facebook and browse through my website at www.wanderingmonkhikes.com. I look forward to sharing again. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, stay on the path. God bless. Let's go walking together. And we'll leave the streets in these neighborhoods Head over the river